Hello, everybody. Let's talk about what's on everybody's mind. I'm sure it's the coronavirus. Um, and as we're hearing in the news, I don't personally watch the news. I have to keep myself clear from that because um, I have had a tendency in the past to go down rabbit holes and um, get pretty anxious or angry or whatever is going on in the news of the day. I would, you know, kind of follow that and talking heads on the news, whether it's pro-Democrat or pro-Republican, it really doesn't matter. Um, They're giving their own biased information. So anyways, my husband does follow the news. He goes on social media to get updates and things. And so I don't really know how many days we're in. I think maybe 10 days in or something. Uh, I think it's been like a full week that maybe men have been off of work. I shouldn't say men, just people that work are off of off of work. Um, and so I don't know about you, but it's been a little um, cabin feverish for us. We've had moments. I wouldn't say we'd have full days of just like, oh my gosh, when are we going to get out of this? But we've definitely had moments of craze and my husband more so than myself I am more of a homebody so I don't this whole quarantine thing isn't as bad for me as it would be for somebody who um, needs to always be moving and going places and just staying you know occupied by uh, activities I'm not a person who likes to fill my days with a plethora of activities Although there have been many a times that I am like, you know what, I wish I had more activities to do because otherwise I'll sit around and stuff my face and just snack for no reason. So this quarantine, you know, speaking of that, um, can be very bad for people that have a tendency to snack. I'll just say that as a side note. I have definitely been victim of it. My husband has complained about it. He's like, oh my gosh, by the end of this, are we gonna gain like 15 pounds? Cause like, you know, when you went at first when you went to the grocery store you would find nothing but junk left on the on the shelves you know so you had no choice but to grab those last couple of boxes of you know chips ahoy you know I mean it's just you just kind of in the beginning I think people just felt like they had to grab whatever was there and so my husband brought home stuff that we would never in a million years have let into our house before this whole thing and and I said to him, I said, look, things are going to get back to normal quicker than we think. There's no reason for us to um, panic. I said, grab some fruit, you know, I mean, for goodness sake. So, and yes, we have kids. And so that's why, you know, he's grabbing some junky stuff just to kind of, I don't know, put smiles on our kids' faces. It's like a, a little unorthodox time in our life. So, um there's a lot of things I've enjoyed about it and there's a lot of things that have been challenging most the most challenging thing for me has been not being able to see my friends and um, and then also just um, making sure that I get some exercise in every day that I go outside in the sunshine you know put my face to the sun because because of the fact that I can be such a homebody 
there has been already a couple of days in this whole quarantine where I haven't even stepped outside one time at all, like in a whole day. So that doesn't feel very good. And that's not really good for my, um, my, uh, I don't want to say anxiety or depression because I don't really have either, but, um, I take a medication called Zoloft and it's, um, an anti-anxiety and I was put on it many years ago, um, to help with my, what they thought at the time diagnosed me with PMDD. Um, and if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's like a, um, it's people that have really emotional mood swings um, around their period. And since I was kind of mood swinging like two weeks out of a month for years and years and years and years, starting like honestly uh, in my teens, like right after I got my period, um, that's what the doctors did. They first started out with birth control and that did not work because that made me fat and get liver spots all over my face. And then they tried Prozac and then Prozac wasn't good once I started having kids. So they put me on Zoloft. Um, Zoloft has worked fine, but if, but then when my hormones really started changing big time, like really shifting because of age and because of just having kids and stuff like that, um, that was when I started seeing a hormonal specialist. And that's when they saw that my hormones were way out of whack. And that's what made me think, oh, maybe I've been hormonally out of whack for a couple of decades. And that was maybe my issue and not so much a depression or anxiety issue, um, you know, because I went through therapy for this um, because I would basically like rage against the machine. I could just flip a switch and feel like I just wanted to throw plates against the wall um, when my kids would get on my nerves or my husband because he would travel a ton and for me it was just like um you know I I'm like I this is not who I am I am not a rageful anger-filled person so what's happening to me and I wasn't anywhere near menopause age although I had heard that there's some women in their 30s that go into menopause really early but that just didn't run in my family so I was like this isn't right so I prayed about it a whole bunch, I sought help, and I was able to get my hormones balanced. And life has been really, really amazing the last um, three and a half years as far as balance goes. Um, then once I was hormonally balanced, um, that took care of a lot of the emotional part that I thought I had a, pro I was, had a problem emotionally or something but it wasn't, it was just my hormones. Then I was able to really look at the scope of my life and the things I wanted to do in a, in a balanced way, like singing, um, having somewhat of an uh, outreach ministry as far as wanting to go beyond just the scope of talking to people, you know, that are in my inner circle about Jesus. I wanted to um, talk about everyday things like I'm doing on this podcast um, but then also put in there that there's hope that you know Jesus is the only way and you know he is our only hope and it's not and that sounds so doomy right there but it's there is no better life than in Jesus and believe me I was a Christian that lived pretty much 
a majority without him my whole life until up until a couple of years ago. And that's really, really crazy to say. But now that I'm seeing a different side, a whole new side of what Christianity, not even Christianity, just walking with Jesus is really about, I'm like, whoa, do I have a bunch to learn? Like, I know nothing is is what I've come to. Um, And it's very humbling, but I'm so happy to be basically put right on my butt where I belong and um, because I noticed that I have a lot of holier than thou moments especially if you ask my husband he's experienced it from me hi honey ah so there I went on to a a little tangent Um, I tend to do that can you move that for you yeah could you do that Close, close the door yeah you can so, um, something I wanted to get into today, okay, it's all right, buddy, it's all right, we see, was I wanted to talk to people, continue the conversation about the coronavirus because we're all in it, um, but also just about how it's affecting us emotionally, um, and that's why I got into my little stint there um, about it. Um, because for me, I think that if this would have been, if this would have happened four years ago, I would have been, I would have, I would have been in a very different reactionary place in my life. I would be the person probably um, uh, Clorox wiping everything that came into my house. I'd probably be wiping it down, freaking out. Um, and just sort of basically biting my nails and watching the news like all day long. And now, um, because of the fact that I've replaced the news with the Bible, the Word of God, um, I am excited every day to wake up and, and dive into it, not because I'm a little goody Miss Two Shoes or whatever, but it's because I need it. I crave it the same way that I used to crave turning on the news or turning on um, conspiracy theory uh, um, shows on YouTube, you know, like people that would put things on. Um, I was so addicted to that and, and I could still have a tendency to, to get into that. Hold on, Macy. Okay, honey. Um, So, all right, got it? All right. Again, you have to excuse me. I have to tend to my children in my life as I try to put in a podcast episode. Um, okay, so what, what the heck was I talking about? Um, completely drawing a blank. Lord, help me. Please help me, God. So, well, maybe it'll come back to me, honestly. Sometimes I still think I got baby brain, but I know I don't. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm. Emotional. Emotional stuff, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, what I would go through. So four years ago, if this quarantine would have happened, I would have reacted very differently. But because I made strategic moves in my life, I cut off and cut out certain things 
which was very difficult, by the way. It was very difficult for me to stop watching the news. Um, I was very addicted to it. But I learned something about it. I actually learned that, and people might think this is a crazy, but look it up. Um, our news networks have certain frequencies. Our radios have certain frequencies. Um, I think our cell phones, all of that, I'm not quite sure about that, but everything's on a frequency. And so what I learned about news, like watching television, it's on a frequency that can almost instantly make you angry and and pull you in. And so I noticed that every time I turned on the news, even if it was like mildly talking about things that um, would make me angry or something, or just make me a little bit like, you know, I don't know, put off. I, I mean, it could just stir the anger inside of me in a way that was really weird. And so once I learned that there's a frequency, I think it's like megahertz, 435 or 441, something like that. I Don't quote me, but something like that. And it, it, it actually messes with your, with your brain. It messes with you and it actually can cause emotional responses that are not positive. So that's part of the reason why I decided to get away from that. Um, but I also knew that it wasn't going to help me um, really build my relationship with, with Jesus the way that I wanted to. Um, my life wasn't going in the direction that I wanted it to. Um, my marriage was falling apart in a lot of ways. Um, the relationship with my oldest son was falling apart pretty much on the daily. Uh, my response to him, you know, him being very strong-willed and me being very strong-willed myself, we would, were constantly butting heads. And then just me being, I think really, see my anger, it's not really anger like I'm mad and I, I want to throw things across the room. Like, yeah, I might think in my mind I want to throw plates against the wall, but I would never do it, never have done it. Um, mine, I realized, was like an underlying sadness. Um, needs that were not met, uh, dreams that were not um, realized. And so for me, it was, I really wanted to be a famous recording artist. I really wanted to be an impactful singer-songwriter um, that was world famous. That was my, that was my um, dream since a very young age. And there was always something major that always held me back all of my life. It, it wasn't that I didn't have the talent. It wasn't that I didn't even have the drive because I've tested myself in many ways. I'm actually a very driven person. I'm not lazy, but I had so much fear of failure and fear of success all at once that it kept me from moving forward and it wasted so many years of my life. And then, of course, lying to myself and saying, well, that wouldn't be a godly vocation anyway. I mean, the things that I allowed the devil to whisper to me and that I accepted and that I took on as my reality. And I think a lot of people in this world do that. They'll just talk. They'll allow themselves to be talked into something that is so bad for them. And really, it's part of what is wrapped up in your purpose and why God put you here. You know, I, I, I think about, you know, Eve in the garden, you know, they had a perfect environment. They wanted for nothing. They needed nothing. They had everything. God had provided it all. But uh, somehow 
the devil was able to entice Eve, was able to get to her in such a way that she doubted what she already had. And isn't that such a story that is so common with human nature? We, we think, even though we have everything covered, you know, our bills are covered, our lives are covered, we're, we're really blessed. We look over at our neighbor and we say, oh, they just got a new car. Oh, wow, their kids just got a brand new trampoline or a swing set. Oh, shoot. Well, I think that I need that or my kids need that and I've got to keep up with that. It's like that little tiny lie that gets in there and says, I don't have enough. I, I'm not provided for enough or, or, you know, I need to one up them. It's, it's a crazy thing that people just don't talk about out loud. They don't admit, but it's an ugly little thing that Satan has weeded into us. And we just think it's human nature. Um, but what I wanted to, um, get to finally get to today is I have been learning, I have been diving into lately, um, wanting to understand why some people get healed, why some people have breakthrough, why some people see victory in their life and others don't. And I'm talking strictly about Christians. There are Christians that will see breakthrough in their life. Heck, I'll just go all the way there. There are Christians that have seen people raised from the dead in their own darn families, okay? People have been raised from the dead. People have been full on at hospice level, you know, dying of cancer, okay? They are on their way out. They have days to live. And then somebody comes in and prays over them and they are miraculously healed instantly. And they just basically come back to life. Because when you're in hospice, I mean, you're basically on your way out. You're you're dead man or dead woman walking. Um... So I was like, darn it, I am a Christian and I, I have been going after this thing for two years in a really, in a way that I never have in my entire life. You know, I kind of just did whatever my parents did and you know, they were a fine example. There's nothing against my parents, but they weren't getting even the results that I was looking for. I didn't see my parents raise anybody from the dead. Um, I saw them pray over a man who had stage four cancer and he was in fact healed uh, because he chose to listen to um, um, an urging that my mom had needed to tell him that, hey, you need to go see this, this evangelist who, you know, really is all about, you know, healing and, and casting out devils and demons and, and just, you know, getting sickness out of people. Um, and as Christians, that is what we're called to do. I mean, that is like the first thing you do when you become a Christian is cast out demons and raise the dead. And, and, um, what's the other thing? It's like all signs and wonders. It's literally what God tells us to do. And I'm in Matthew. Um, and I wanted, so if I go all over the place, I apologize. I get really excited and I'm learning how to organize my thoughts. I'm not a person who um, likes to really write things down. I like to kind of go and talk as I go. I just do better that way. Um, it's the same thing when I sing. I, If I'm looking at words on a paper, I will mess up more than if I just learn it and then just sing it from my heart. 
so um, I like to just speak from my heart. But I wanted to talk about how I was praying and asking God for a while now. It's been it's been a while. It's probably been a bit about a year that I've been like, God, you know, I really want to see miracles. I want to see people's limbs grow out. I want to see people healed from sickness. I want to see I want to see someone raised from the dead. That's like that's the kind of stuff that people think, oh, that only happens over in Africa. You know, when people go on like mission trips and you know, missionaries and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This stuff needs to start happening here. That's what's going to bring revival to America and the, and the Western, you know, countries. So, um, I found this guy named Andrew Womack and I have never, it's not that the people in my life have never sort of touched on this type of, of teaching. Um, it's not like it was necessarily hidden from me, but sometimes it can seem like things are hidden from you when it just isn't said in a way that you can understand. And that's what I finally got to. I was like, God, I am just not understanding something. There's something I'm just not getting because I'm not seeing the victories in my life that when I lay hands on my kids, I want to expect that they will be healed and they don't have to use Tylenol or they don't have to go to the hospital for a breathing treatment or whatever, you know? Like, God forbid one of my kids breaks their leg. I wanna be able to lay my hands on them and say, bones come back together and be as new. And then boom, it happens. Because that's what the disciples were doing and that's the authority that um, that Jesus gave them when he was walking with them. And I'm gonna prove it to you. I'm gonna prove it to you right here in the word of God. But I wanted to give you um, first, well, actually, I'll say it at the end. I'll tell you about Andrew Womack, but maybe I should say it now just in case I forget. But Andrew Womack, if you go on YouTube, um, you want to look up his, um, he has a session. He has sessions that go from one through four, but I wanted you to particularly look at his um, number three out of the four. It's called the Believer's Authority. And so that's what I really want to talk about today is the Believer's Authority and our way of like that's what I've been doing as far as circling back to the coronavirus is I have been standing against this thing literally I of course I've been washing my hands and things you know and just doing the normal thing and staying inside and just taking bike rides and not going to playgrounds or anything but you know like I'm not wiping down my groceries when they come in the house or anything like that or Amazon boxes because what I'm doing is I'm practicing spiritual hygiene and there is such a thing and where you say this disease this infirmity this sickness will not come near me I've been standing on um, you know Psalms 91 for those that are close to me know that I've sent them um, this Bible verse in a text message to a few of my friends and family and just said stand firm on this declare this over your home declare this over your street over your neighbors and and watch God work but the part that needs to be understood is that you have to believe it is done because it says in the Word of God by his stripes we were healed we were that means it was already done so that if we get cancer we can say this might be a problem I have in 2020 but as far as is is Jesus and God is concerned 
this was already done. Disease was already eradicated. Death was already overcome. So I can just claim it in the name of Jesus right now. That's how people are able to raise the dead in 2020 is because Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished. And by his blood, we now have all authority. He gave us all authority. You know, the people that that live for him, that that worship his name and that um, and that are disciples of his, you know, we can he God can can use us. He can we can be used by him. He his power is shown through us. So um, I went to um, Matthew 10. And it said, and Jesus summoned to him his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. Did you hear that? Jesus summoned his disciples and gave them the power and the authority. We have power and authority as Christian believers, as Christ followers. So because of that, and because of Jesus leaving and going to heaven and the Holy Spirit coming in us as we ask Jesus into our hearts, whenever each of us made that personal decision in our life, the Holy Spirit now resides inside of us. And that power, it's the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So it's that same power that raised Jesus from the dead that is inside of us right now. So of course we can um, use our power and authority because it's in us, because the Holy Spirit lives there. So we can drive out unclean spirits. We can um, cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. So that is just so exciting to me. And so this man, Andrew Womack, I've been listening to, the way he has it's just the way he has explained it is why I'm telling you guys to go watch his YouTube um, uh, episode because I don't know I've never heard it said so plainly and it, it just made sense to me um, and that's why God has many different people who who speak and that are anointed for for, for preaching or evangelizing because everybody's got different I don't want to even say styles like I'm saying different ways of hearing and like this man spoke directly to the parts of me that just were not hearing it from anybody else ever. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's the part I just, so that was, um, that was Matthew 10, one through, that was just Matthew 10. That's it. Yeah. Matthew 10, one. And um, so Andrew Womack speaks about um, how the way we pray is really important. We don't go to God, and I think so many Christians do this, and I'm one, I, I was one of them. I'm saying was because I don't do this anymore. When we pray, we don't say, oh, God, help me, help me. I have cancer. I just got this cancer diagnosis. Or, oh, God, help my mother. She just got this cancer diagnosis. Those, Please don't let her die. And, you know, oh, my goodness, my child or my husband or whatever it is. And we say, God, please help me. It, it, it was a blunt. He's very blunt the way he says it. 
But if you line it up with the word of God, which is what he does, you go, oh my gosh, how we all have been missing it and why we're not seeing breakthrough and why we're watching our loved ones die. It is not God's will for anyone to die before their time. It is not. It is not God's will for people to be sick. It is, I mean, there you'll hear so many Christians say, well, you know, maybe the, this person is sick because God is, is, is teaching them something through this or, you know, strengthening their faith. All these little things that man comes up with that is not biblical. It's not in the word of God. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, he, he, he healed every person that, that came to him with an issue. He did not leave them in their, in the state that they were in. He did not do that. So if he's saying, walk like me, talk like me, then why would we ever tell somebody, you must not have enough belief. That's why you're not healed. You must not have, um, and even people will have issue with what I just said right there, that, um, it, yes, people have to have belief in order to be healed. No, they don't. There's, there's plenty of people, um, that have been healed that don't believe that don't even know Jesus, that don't even have the Holy Spirit. And it's because the person that lays hands on them, they have the the power of the Holy Spirit working through them. And so anyways, he says the way we pray, like, you know, um, Andrew Womack is you speak directly to the issue. So let's say a person in your family right now just got the diagnosis today that they have coronavirus, okay? That they contracted this thing. And they are a person that um, has an underlying issue already, right? They have asthma or something or an autoimmune disease. So this, this could be potentially very scary for them to have this disease or have this not disease that got this virus, to have this virus right now because it's only going to complicate what already they suffer from with their asthma or autoimmune disease. So instead of panicking and saying, oh God, help me, help me, don't let this hit us, oh my gosh, la la la, speak directly to it. Kill that coronavirus with your, with your mouth, with your words, with the word of God, with the sword of the spirit, okay? Speak to it directly and say, coronavirus, you have no power. You are dead. You are dead on arrival. You have no power in this body. The the coronavirus that has, has tried to touch this body must die right now in the name of Jesus. You speak to it. And then you have faith and you don't doubt in your heart that what you are speaking is the very truth. You have to believe. And that's the part that that, that basically whipped my butt because I realized, and I've realized this for a long time, way before I found Andrew Womack's uh, version of of teaching, um, is that I had big issues with belief. You know, the, the reason why I wasn't finding a lot of victory in my life as far as getting over, um, anxiety and depression, fear, it was mostly fear, you know, fear that I would never make anything of myself in this world you know, fear that, you know, I would never be happy in my marriage or whatever it is. Okay. Um, is because when I would pray, I would then go right back to worrying again about the issue. 
or something would creep back in like if I was praying over you know an illness that I had you know if somebody prayed over me and I wanted to get over you know a really bad cold well right there in the prayer session I would be I would feel like you know what I'm healed yes I'm healed in the name of Jesus and maybe for an hour or two I would be standing in that firmly but then I would start to cough a little bit again or I'd start to feel a little bit weak or lightheaded or or that I couldn't breathe in my chest or whatever it is sinuses were coming coming back to to be you know putting pressure in my head and instead of speaking directly back to it or just saying I am healed um, I would start to give into those those um, symptoms I would say oh no you know it's come back and then I would just make agreement with it and that is why I would suffer longer than I was supposed to I just had the, a really bad flu right after Christmas the day after Christmas I got the flu horribly horribly I was down for a month I couldn't breathe I I you know it had you know gotten into where I felt like it was my lungs which I don't think it was because you know I got checked out by the doctor but it, it got to a really bad point where I didn't feel like I had any air capacity um, you know I was auditioning for hero hold on Reese. Um, the play that I'm in at church which is now being you know postponed because of this this uh, pandemic going around <laughs> One second, honey. And um, anyway, so I went into church and I, I got prayed over. And this time, this time, because because I learned of, um, you know, about the, the power of words and um, and life and death is in the power of the tongue. Because I learned that, because I had been studying it, because I was searching out I was not going to stop until I got my answer. I just, I was like, God, I don't get it. There's a lot of things I don't get, but I need to understand this part. And he showed me, well, you have an issue with belief. I'm like, okay, I can, I can see that. Okay. No, thank you. In a little bit. Thank you. Yummy. Yummy. Leaves on a stick. Um, because I didn't, you know, have belief. So therefore, I, you know, when I would speak out and say, you know, I am healed, I, I am healed, that was great, but that was only one part. So if I, if I say that I'm healed, but in my heart I'm doubting, and in my heart I'm having, I'm struggling with, with believing it, it's not going to work. And so when, when Andrew Womack broke it down in those practical ways, see, in a lot of ways, I think that I sort of fairy-tailed the Bible for myself. I made it into a fairy tale. I didn't make it into a practical application. I've heard those words before, you know, practical application, but I thought that that was so unholy, if you will. I think, I think that's a better way than saying fairy tale that I, I, I thought that making it so practical and, and sort of breaking it down almost like a, I don't know, a summary or something or bullet point thing that it made it unholy. And I don't know, I, I, I made up a bunch of stuff in my brain that didn't help me. And so now I'm at a point where I'm like, no, I'm ready for victory. I'm ready for, I'm ready to overcome some of this, this stuff in my life that has just been holding me back for decades. I'm over it. I have things to do. I've got a purpose that needs to be fulfilled before I die. And I want to be a great example to my kids. So I'm ready for this. I'm ready to leave a legacy. So that's what you do. 
you speak directly to the issue. You say, you know, if you have shoulder pain, back pain, you have back pain, you have chronic back pain in your life. I know a few friends that have chronic back pain. Their backs are always coming out, spasms, stuff like that. You speak directly to it. You don't agree with it. You've got to get your mind turned around. You've got to get your mind right. We have been given authority. Jesus gave it to us. We have all authority. It said all authority. Okay? Matthew 10, 1. All authority. Go read it for yourself and read it over and over until it gets infused into your brain. Okay? So I hope you're blessed by this. And I hope I was able to to get the point out as best I could um, in the most simplest way that I've been able to hear it. But I am just so excited about the fact that, oh, and, and I'll, I'll prove it to you. I have actually, I've been speaking to things like anxiety. When I have anxiety or even judgment that comes up in my heart or um, jealousy or um, just little things that come up in me that I know are not me. It is not who, it is not the redeemed person of Carolee. It's not, it's not who I am since I asked Jesus into my heart. You know, that spirit man is perfect. And I'm trying to renew my mind daily so that I can be and walk like Jesus, talk and live and think, renewing my mind so that I have a mind of Christ. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Ah, anyways, be blessed and take care, guys. Thank you.